now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. And welcome once again to Mother Angelica Answering the Call. And I'm here with EW10's Chaplain Father Joseph Mary Wolf. This is Doug Keck. And it's another episode of this weekly program that features the foundress at her spiritual best with responding mm-hmm. to the calls and the concerns from viewers of her classic live shows over the years in the 80s and the 90s that can still be seen today and are still current today, aren't they, Father? Still relevant today. And this past weekend, I was up at the Shrine and uh, had uh, Saturday noon mass and the Sunday 10 o'clock mass, and they were filled. Just lots of pilgrims pass through there on the weekends, and we invite people to do that. I was speaking with a Baptist man who had many questions. Obviously, he was interested in the Catholic faith, and he was trying to resolve a number of uh, questions. But that shrine points to Jesus and that he remains with us. And that's really what Mother did in answering these questions. She always would point people to Jesus. Absolutely, and that uh, museum for the Eucharist is powerful mm-hmm. as well. It is. Topics for today. God has chosen you, resolving a family feud. Ungrateful children, no. And uh, <laughs> number one, do you reflect God's brightness? Mm-hmm. Is that intellect or something else, Father? It's a radiance of God's glory, right? And his compassion, his goodness, his forgiveness, his mercy, his love. Do people see that in us? When they look into our eyes, when they see our you know, approach toward them, what do they see? You know, she has a hilarious story at the end I'm not going to spoil, <laughs> but just how the sisters could even have some vanity and uh, how they may do when they, they had uh, trouble putting on their veils and things. But I think the point here is that Mother real, realized something that we need to realize. God is always at work in our souls, transforming us so that we grow in this brightness of the Lord. Right, and I think uh, she also talks about we don't want to be a sad sack for Christ, basically, mm-hmm. kind of a thing, is that if we have the faith and we've been given this gift, mm-hmm. we should at least show the, the positive aspect of that, even if we are dealing with tough times in our life, because we do mm-hmm. know how things will end in the, for us yeah. in the end. And that can be a very powerful witness. Tell me how you suffer, and I'll tell you who you are. If you can suffer with hope and joy, even though it may be very, very difficult, that means there is hope alive in your heart. There's the joy of the Lord there. There is the hope of heaven alive within you. And that's not only a powerful tool for yourself in dealing Mm -hmm. with what you're going through. It's really important to other people who are suffering along with you. Yeah, just to quietly and gently remind them of those truths can be really helpful when someone's going through trials. So the question is, do you reflect God's brightness? We have a call. Hello? Well, you talk about holy people uh, uh, so forth, but your definition of what you've been saying seems to say that there's degrees of holiness and that holiness is a process and that we're going to continue to proceed until we die. But yet many people think when you die, everybody just goes to heaven as though there's no purgatory. <laughs> do I have news for them? <laughs> Well, let me answer your first question. I got just happened to have a scripture open that's going to say that. This is what St. Paul says, 2 Corinthians, 3rd chapter, 13, 18th verse. He says, 
And we, with our unveiled faces, reflect like a mirror. Now think what a mirror is. You reflect, your face is only reflected in that mirror. Reflect like a mirror the brightness of the Lord. Now I want you to go home tonight and look at your mirror. Do you reflect the brightness of the Lord or all you look at is wrinkles? <laughs> do, you, do you reflect the brightness of the Lord, the love, the compassion, the goodness, the forgiveness, the mercy? This is what we have to radiate to our neighbor. I never, you know, some Christians, you want to put a match under them. They're so sad sack. Oh, my goodness. You know, I would never be attracted to Christianity the way some Christians act. And here's what he says. We all grow brighter and brighter. Now, if you go brighter and brighter, we're talking about growing in degrees. You just all of a sudden, it's not like getting a degree from a university. Now you made it. Until you get a job and make a living, you haven't made anything. I talked to a girl who had a degree, a master's degree in zoology. I said, are you a zoologist? And she said, yes. I said, where do you work? She said, I'm a waitress. <laughs> I said, why are you a waitress? I mean, your parents spent a lot of money to make you a zoologist. She said, I don't like it. Yeah, I missed that point entirely. And as we are turned into the image we reflect. I'm going to read this as my favorite verse. And when the sister said, Mother, when you die, what do you want on your, on your tombstone? I said, I want this. We with our unveiled faces reflect like a mirror the brightness of the Lord, and we go brighter and brighter as we are turned into the image we reflect. And this is the work of the Spirit who is Lord. Every day, every minute of the day, every second of the day, even while you sleep. If you say before you go to bed, Lord, I dedicate my sleep to you. I unite my sleep with the sleep of Jesus. Then I, I sleep holy. Why should I waste eight hours of sleep? Tell you, I united that Jesus slept. He was human. He slept in the boat. We know that scared the apostles half to death. They were yelling and screaming because they were gone down and our Lord woke up one eye at a time. You said, you men of little faith. You notice he never called women little faith. You know, he, <laughs> always the men had little faith. I'm not a feminist either. <laughs> what we have to understand is we reflect Jesus. We're trying to be Jesus. We want to be Jesus, but we merely reflect Jesus. And that image, that reflection, you know, if you have a mirror at home and it's all dirty, well, you can look at it and you see yourself, but you don't see yourself clearly. So if you take a rag and you wipe a little off, you see yourself better. When you wipe another, some more off, you see yourself better. You know, in Cleveland Monastery, we were never allowed to have mirrors. And, uh, and so you just kind of put your head where I in the morning and hope for the best, you see? <laughs> and I used to, we had a huge picture of 
Pope Leo XIII, I mean, it was huge. And uh, I used to see a lot of sisters praying there, you know. <laughs> and uh, I was a young sister, and I thought they were, every time I turned a corner, there was a sister praying before St. Leo XIII. <laughs> but I found out they weren't praying at all. They were straightening out their headwear, you see. <laughs> but the reflection in that... <laughs> <laughs> Nuns are also vain. <laughs> but the reflection in that mirror was not as clear as if they had a real mirror, was it? Huh? But it was a beginning. So they could see something in there. So that's what it means. We don't just get a clump of holiness all at one time. Every time you have a chance to be compassionate, every time you have a chance to be patient, every time you have a chance to answer somebody kindly, that makes that reflection brighter. And next up, we've got a call having to do with ungrateful children. Now, this is something that uh, many people deal mm, with. Yeah, I hear it all of the time, of course, as a priest, just the grief that so many parents have. And as Mother said, that there's not a parent whose heart doesn't bleed for you, too, in what you're going through. But Mother said something quite surprising, I think. She calls it a wonderful opportunity that the world would say, rant and rave, let everyone know, cut them out of the will, do what you can to let them know how upset you are. And Mother calls it a wonderful opportunity to be holy as God is holy. You know, to love them even though they're not deserving love right now the way they're acting. Right, absolutely. That whole idea in the midst of your own heartache, love them and pray for them. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the kind of message that maybe that will cut, help to cut through mm -hmm. whatever some of the difficulties will be there because they're expecting you to come at them yeah. and, and mm -hmm. either trying to figure out what's the problem or saying, mm -hmm. after all I've done for you, this is what you're doing to me. Yeah. I've often recommended invoking their guardian angels. They have a guardian angel. You have one. Enlist the guardian angels to help bring about a reconciliation that you both, whatever stands in the way, that they will help remove that barrier so that you can have a happy relationship. Right, and we know our Lord uh, expects children to respect their parents. Mm -hmm. It's right there in the Ten Commandments. But we do live in a society today that mm -hmm. many times uh, exalts youth. Yeah, and just the self. So their mom and dad are a problem to me right now, so the heck with them. That is not God's way at all, and it's sad to hear that some people embrace that. So we pray that uh, anybody who's suffering with that, that they may be reconciled quickly. Remember, it's our Father in Heaven, so you don't want to be an ungrateful child. We have another call. Hello? Hi, Mother Angelica. It's lovely to see you, and we're trying to help you with your deficit as much as we can this month. Thank you. And what is your question? My question is this. We have raised... Uh, Four grown children now, they're out of the house, they're married, but for some reason that we can't figure, it's been going on 12 years now, they have been estranged from us. We are not permitted to visit in their homes, we are not allowed to see our grandchildren. My husband has had open heart surgery, I have had ovarian cancer. We have called them when we were ill or when my husband was ill, we got no response. They remain distant from, distant from us. They will raise cradle Catholics in Catholic education and have won honors in Catholic schools. 
their father has been teaching in the Catholic school system for years. I don't understand this. How do we remain holy? We pray, I think, of St. Monica. I'm asking you, would you give me some words of encouragement yeah. and help me, please, Mother? Yeah. Thank you. I'm very sorry about that, and I think our audience is sorry about that. I don't think there's a, a parent here that doesn't bleed for you. Uh, there's nothing worse today than the ungrateful uh, uh, child. Sometimes you, you, you may have given yourself the answer. You said they got a good education and they were, I understood, at least I think I understood, they were kind of smart, brilliant. Maybe that's the point. Oh, I'm not against intellectuals because they render a great service to the world. But when, when children do not keep the commandments, it's a, break, it's a heartbreak that nobody can uh, even begin to understand. Re unrequited love is one of the worst things in the world. You love them, very obviously they don't love you. You've given them an education, you've given them everything they have, and they've, they've left. They don't want the responsibility of taking care of you or your husband. That kind of ingratitude makes even God cry. And I'm very sorry to hear that. But the best thing you can do is do what the gospel tells us to do. You can still, in the midst of your heartache, love them and pray for them. It doesn't look like much, but it's heroic virtue. And that's, that's how you can be holy. You can be holy because it takes a holy person to pray for someone who is deliberately hurting them to that degree. It takes a holy person to say, Lord, bless my children tonight when they've done something so terrible that they won't let you see their children, won't let you see anything, anyone won't come on a feast day, won't come on Christmas. It takes a, a holy person to say, Lord, forgive them. It takes a holy person to wish them well. And I don't want you to, I don't want you to miss the opportunity of being holy right now. I really don't. And I know God doesn't. And he went through the same thing. He went through. He, one day he, 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 uh, he, he sat on a hill looking down at the beauty of the temple. And he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, if you only knew who it is that has come to you. And he talked about the, the hen gathering the chicks. But he said, You would not. You would not. You need to pray. You need to pray for them. Why? Because you're the one being hurt. See, your prayers matter more than if I prayed for them. Your prayers are more important, huh? They're more important because you're the one that has a heartache. You're the one they're offending. You're the one they're hurting so bad. So don't miss this wonderful opportunity to be holy as God is holy, because that's what God does for us. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio.
Let's return to Mother Angelica. Answering the call. With Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying with us for part two of Mother Angelica Answering the Call. Doug Keck, as always, joined by our chaplain here at EWTN for the network, and that is Father Joseph Mary mm-hmm. Wolf. First up, resolving a family feud. Has that ever been an issue for you, Father? Well, thankfully not. Uh, not within my own immediate family. I know in the extended family there were situations, but thankfully they were reconciled before both parties passed away. So, um, yeah, it happens, right? It happens in family life. But we have to, if we're going to pray the Our Father, <laughs> we have to learn how to forgive. Mm-hmm. Because we're saying, forgive me the way I forgive others. And that's a dangerous prayer if we refuse to forgive. I always remember the line uh, that's in Gone with the Wind, Leslie Howard says, he talks about war and, and mm-hmm. the lack of value. He said, at the end of the war, nobody remembers what they were ever about. And, hmm. and so many times with these feuds, yeah, you know, people can't even remember anymore what it was they were fighting about. Father Leo Clifford told that story in one of his segments where this man was weeping in the back of the uh, church at a funeral. And it turns out it was his brother. Well, why were you um, distanced from each other? I don't remember. You know, what a sad thing. So now is the time for us to forgive and that will help us avoid purgatory. <laughs> right, and we also have to be careful because sometimes what happens is the original thing goes away, but we build on it by mm-hmm. getting annoyed about something yeah. new, right? That's right, and we just replay it in our minds, exaggerate it, you know, make it even worse than it was probably. And sometimes we attribute motives to people that they didn't have. We can exaggerate things so much in our minds. I think that's the biggest thing is, is mm-hmm. assuming ill will when many right. times it's just people making a mistake. Right. Absolutely. So this is Resolving a Family Feud by Mother Angelica. We have another call. Hello? Mother, I'm from Roseville, Michigan. Uh Uh-huh. I would like prayers tonight for a family feud that's been going on for years. Uh It's my mother and her sister. My mother's 81, and her sister's seven years younger than her. These two have been fighting from the time they were little girls. And my sister and I, we pray constantly Oh, may I, may I ask you why they're fighting so long? They're fighting over little things that happened when they were young that they keep remembering and they just can't forgive each other for. They're both very stubborn. And it just seems like every time I try to get them together, they'll be together for a while and then they start again. And it's just tearing my sister and I apart. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need to pray for that because... Uh, they're too old, too old to be angry, you know. Uh, anger, our dear Lord said, don't let the sun go down on your anger. In the summertime, you got a couple more hours. <laughs> but don't let the sun go down on your anger, you see. And of course, you know that. They've just forgotten it. And what you need to do, and what I want to tell you is this. You and your sister pray that rosary for them every day and be at peace. You may not even know they have forgiven each other. But I've always believed, and Father Groeschel kind of said it was true also, but all my life I've believed that when a person dies, even though they're dead, dead, there is that split-second space between judgment 
and and that the time when you don't have any more chances, when the will is set forever. There's that, that space of time, I think. And I would think if your mother, your her sister, when they die, by your prayers, if they just saw Jesus for an instant, I think that vision would make them say, oh God, I'm so sorry. It's all they need. It's all they need. So don't get disheartened, wait, looking for results. Give them that chance to pray with trust. And I can tell you, if you trust in the Lord, it never, 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 never fails. That's the way he is. So I would keep on praying. I wouldn't invite them over together, you know. <laughs> the best thing you can do for some people is just stay away. We don't aggravate them. And you must realize that at that age, maybe they really can't, they just can't remember anything good about each other. So I would, I would be at peace about it. I wouldn't be brokenhearted. Why? Because God is going to answer your prayers like he did Monica's for Augustine. And when you die, you'll see him up there and you'll say, oh, I never thought you'd make it. <laughs> and wrapping things up for this week, a call that has to do with being chosen by God. Hmm. Have you had that feeling, Father? Well, maybe not always, but I think... You know, with Mother's teaching and my own life of prayer that we come to those conclusions, especially when you get older, that you look back and you see, you know, God really was provident in my life and that there were certain things that happened I didn't see at the time, but I now see how it was part of God's providence and that he really has chosen me and everyone. Right, and that's the point. We're all chosen. It's a question, are mm -hmm. we aware? Have we woken up to that fact? Yeah. You know, recently there was in the news about the Ohm family, a Polish family that was uh, martyred during the Nazi time in Poland. And it's the first preborn child who's going to be beatified because the mother was seven months pregnant. And the whole family was killed because they were hiding Jewish people who were fleeing from the Nazis. And what it shows us, if this is going to be indeed the first preborn child unborn, God knows us from the womb. He knows us from the first instant of our existence that he knew us before we were formed in the womb. Right, and there before the grace of God doesn't mean it's giving it out to some and not to others. Mm -hmm. It's that we all realize that all of us would be in terrible situation without God's grace, right? Right. Very good. So God has chosen you. Believe it. Our television audience has a question, so I'm going to interrupt here and, and, and get, get that question. Hello. Hi. Where are you from? I'm from Florida, Jacksonville. And what is your question? I'm always confused about God choosing. And I got into a 12-step program, and there's a saying there, but for the grace of God. Yeah. And I couldn't understand that. I felt that God preferred other people over me because look at them and their lives. Yeah. And then I had a little touch of God, and I said, look how great I am. God loves me too. But then my third concept was God has always chosen us. All, every single one of us, is it the choosing that is important or is it 
the response and how do we get the strength to respond? That's a, that's a very, very good question. Zachary now didn't respond very well, but he was chosen, wasn't he? Huh? He was chosen and he didn't respond readily. He didn't respond right off the bat, but he did respond later on. It took him time to respond. Our Lady's response was immediate. But you know, she, she kind of had a head start, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, she was immaculately conceived and, and, and destined by God to, 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 be, to be the mother of God. However, every individual born, this is what's so exciting about God. Hard to sit on your chair when you're talking about God. But the exciting thing about God is that he chose you before time began. Before time began, he chose you, and he chose you to be. He chose you to be born, no matter how you were born and under what circumstances. God chose you to be. He chose you out of a possible billions and billions of people who might never be and will never be. God chose you to be. That's number one. When he chose you to be, he gives you all the graces you need to know him, even if you were in a... A pygmy in Africa or, or aborigine in the middle of, of South America. He gives you some kind of light to know that there is a higher being, a greater intelligence. If you were born a Christian and you were born a Catholic Christian, you were specially chosen. Out of all the billions of people in the world, in our church especially, there's 800 million people that are Catholic. That's a lot of people, isn't it? Huh? That's a special choice. It is special. It's a special call. Special call to be Christian today. A special gift to be a Christian today because you can fight for your faith. You can enlighten people who have lost their faith. You can bring them back to Jesus. You can tell them how much God loves them. So you were specially chosen. Now maybe you kind of, you talked to me a little bit about the 12 points. Is that AA? Well, if that's AA, it means that somewhere along the line you goofed up, but that's okay. Well, it's not okay. I don't mean you can do it again. But what I'm saying is that there's not a hindrance to you being holy. That's not a hindrance. You can get right up again. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.